Yeah. And uh, on the on the topics of books, you know, um, I recently moved and just downsized. You know, I saw Elon Musk was getting rid of all of his properties, and I was like, hey, you know, why not me too? So I got rid of a bunch of stuff and I've ended up with like f- about five books and real life, uh, real, real world BPMN is one of them. You'll be glad so to I, know. Wow. That's, uh, it did. <laughs> and that's I, even I got a signed copy. Oh, ah, okay. That makes it very valuable. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> you could easily get a second signed copy if you need it later on. <laughs> <laughs> I could probably e-sign your e-copy. That makes it even more lightweight. <laughs> Yeah, and um, I, I understand that you're you're s- still writing and working on um, articles and perhaps even a new book for the future. Yeah, that's. Um, is there anything I, that you can share about that at the moment, or is it all completely secret and under wraps? It's not completely secret. It's not yet publicly announced. We um, work on that, but I can share a couple of details. Yeah, I mean, as a background, I'm personally I like writing. Um, I'm. <laughs> I'm not the best writer, <laughs> that's uh, something, but I, I like the process of doing it and it helps me structuring my thoughts. It helps me really um, think through a lot of things. So I keep doing it. And by now I have a couple of people normally helping me with getting my English into an understandable English and these kind of things. So um, I'm still writing regularly. And I was actually thinking about doing another book for for i think two years or something like that at least and it's a big project so you don't want to want to just jump at it because you you fancy it at the moment so i discussed it through with a lot of people and finally last year i started writing again so it's it's with a well-known editor i'm pretty happy actually to have them and it's um surprise surprise it's about process automation so um What I currently do is writing on a, huh, um, it's it's basically for architects and developers. That's kind of the target group. So it looks at process automation from from that technical level. And my idea is actually to um, to have a really a plot where it can read through a lot of the ideas which are already out there. So there are a lot of blog posts. There's a lot, for example, in the Camunda docs, there's something in the real life BPMN book, but you really have to collect a lot of these things together in order to understand um, what are the use cases for process automation? Why should I use that? And what for, how do I build a good architecture of doing that? There are very hands-on questions like, um, how do I connect the process model with code? There are various ways of doing that, but it could also mean like in my microservice architecture, do I use one engine per microservice? How do I like cut the process into the appropriate pieces and so on and so forth? So there are a lot of these questions and I wanted, always wanted to bring them in a, in a real plot where you can read them like either back to back or you have a handy, uh, handy book where you can like, find the right information relatively quickly. Um, the challenge for me at the moment is that it's it's vendor independent. So it's not like I'm looking at c- the Camunda tooling or CV. Um, I'm looking at process automation tooling, workflow engines as, as a category, but I still want to write it in a way that it's not totally abstract. Um, so that's the biggest challenge actually I have at the moment. Right on. Yeah, because that's a... 
a lot of people kind of come with those sort of questions in the forums. They're like, okay, I did the getting started guide and, you know, I, I, I started the engine, deployed a process and, you know, executed it with like a task or something. But like, how do I actually build my system? Yeah. <laughs> like a real world system. Totally. And um, that's, I mean, that's normally the, the hard to answer question in a forum as well, because that um, I always have that. <laughs> I reason, oh no, I, I have to tell the whole story, but I was in the um, question corner from our colleague Nile. He does a question corner regularly where um, he invites people uh -huh. and then answers questions from the community. At the moment, at COVID times, that's held um, online with um, Zoom. I am pretty sure it will still be held online in a post-COVID times because it's pretty handy. Um, it works really good. And we had these questions and I also answered a lot of these questions and all the time when it's around like architecture, how to lay out your system, it really depends. And I even, I, I created a sign, <laughs> which I now have right with me all the time. So I can just pull it up and hold it in the camera where it basically it says it depends. And that's, I mean, uh, that's a running gag, right? Um, consultants always say that it depends. And it's true. Yes. I mean, it's totally true. It's always, it's about trade-offs. There is no, this is the architecture you should do. We discussed that for ages, actually, um, also with Gabunda BPM and also a bit with CB. We have, for example, a best practice um, in the Kabuna space. Um, we called it the Greenfield stack. And that was a super long discussion because um, we have so many people asking us like, hey, how should I set up my stack? How should I set up my application? And then it's normally, I mean, I'm a consultant by heart. So it's like, oh, that depends. What do we want to do? And then I ask a lot of questions. Um, that works well at a consulting assignment. And I'm pretty sure you get a good solution in the end but it doesn't work that well in a forum and it doesn't work that well in like the first steps um with just getting your feedback with the product um so we started to have that greenfield stack where we said hey okay if you don't care at all if you don't have any important constraints this is what we recommend go this down this path and you can easily get started uh that was a good step but it doesn't help you if you then build your like bigger system and that's what I wanted to write down also for ages. Like, how do you lay out the architecture? And I never really got a good grip on that because it's not easy to put that in a blog post. It's not easy to put that in a best practice. And now I try to put it in a book. Um, let's hope that this works out this time. Okay. So is this going to be like a choose your own adventure book or it's like, you know, if you're a small to medium enterprise, then turn to page 15. You know, oh no! A large corporation, then turn to page thirty-five. No, that no, that's oh, that would be an interesting idea. I have to explore that in my mind, but I think it doesn't work. I mean, um, it much more depends on things like, hey, um, what architectural style do you want to do? Do you, for example, embrace microservices or not? Do you have very monolithic uh, systems or not? Um, do you want to run? something centralized or not and this very very often also depends on the culture and the organization how you um, lay out your departments and so on and so forth um, so these are okay. more the questions um, and what i try to is i basically try to explain the the options and the forces um, but also give examples um, to to make it okay, more good yeah let's see how it goes so even, so even if your like answer to that question is i don't know then 
you'll still be able to use the book. Like if you go in there and it's like, you know, do you want to build monolithic or microservices? And you're like, that's why I'm reading the book. Like, I don't know which one to do. It should help you. Yeah. Um, as I normally try to de describe the trade-offs, it normally gives you an idea what, what forces should pull you in the one or the other direction. Um, but always from that architectural standpoint. So I'm not writing like um, a microservice. Should I do microservices or not? That's a whole other topic. There are books around that. Um, it's a huge topic on its own. So it's kind of, I'm just describing the trade-offs you get in terms of the choices you have to make for um, the process automation architecture. Right. And is it going to have uh, ZB in there at all? <laughs> not in uh, not in the textbook actually that's what i said it's not it's vendor independent so of course oh, okay. of course a lot of the thinking that goes into the book is also kind of in our product man management so um hmm. i don't need to align on that it's 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 in my head i mean it's like how i think about process automation um so it's pretty much aligned with a lot of things and um what i will do is um i will have sample code and a sample application online on github which is kind of um in parallel to the book so if you read about concepts and idea in the books um you can always go there and try it out because i want to have that i want to have that i want to see it in code i want to run it i want to because that's how you really understand it but i don't want to have it in the textbook to be um, independent of the tooling and also to be a bit more stable so i don't have to update it every year um uh, yes and i i think in um in the examples i do i'm pretty sure Kamuna cloud or cb or Kamuna vpn will play a role right on yeah the i'm, I'm currently in the last uh, we're currently in tech review of let's say the first two-third of the book and as soon as that's done, we should get into early access. And I still hope for having that in, let's say, July or August. Let's see how that goes. Okay. So coming come soon to an early access uh, site near you. Yeah, I hope so. Because that's the way to um, facilitate more feedback. And that's what I'm actually waiting for. So um, after writing uh, for, for, for quite some month uh, every other day, um, you need broad feedback in order to, to get back to reality. <laughs> hey, and um, in terms of the, like the first book, like how does, which, which version of it sells the most, do you know, like the hard copy version or the, like the ebook? Oh, that's a good question. I haven't prepared that. I do know, or I have a spreadsheet that does know that. <laughs> um, I haven't looked at that for the last month, but I would say the um, the ebook sells um, uh, better. Obviously, I mean, in terms of numbers, we sell more um, Kindle. It's basically Kindle only at the moment. That's a technical limitation we have. Only Amazon, right? Um, I noticed it's an Amazon Prime. Like, if you have an Amazon Kindle Prime or whatever it is, you can actually uh, borrow it, like a library. Correct. That was a checkbox I could set, and I say, yeah. I mean, for us. I mean, we don't want to sell the book. We want people to read it and understand uh, process automation. So the easier it's accessible, the better. Um, and I'm even not sure if we get numbers for um, people lending the book. I have no idea. But overall, yeah, 
more people are buying it on, on, on Kindle than the printed version, which also might be um, because of the pricing. So for example, for, for Kindle, we could do it relatively cheap. So it's depending on where you live, it, I think it's eight or nine dollars or euros or probably 10, but we try to be really cheap there to make it available to everybody who wants to have it. Yeah, like when I say that I've got like four or five books, I mean, those are the physical ones. Right. Like, I've got like thousands in, uh, right. you know, digital. Exactly. And with the Kindle, it's just so easy. You can like get a book on there. But the only thing about it is like diagrams and stuff don't work so well. Code samples, not mm -hmm. so good either. You can't, mm -hmm. cut and pa can't paste code unless you like reading it in like your Kindle app on your computer. Uh, and even there, I'm not sure if they allow copy pasting of code. I think it's kind of a security. No, they recently changed that, right? You can now copy and paste. And if you paste it, you get even the quote information where you pasted it from, which is very handy for code. But <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think we're still not there that an ebook really is the same experience as a, as a physical book. Uh, on the other hand, like you said, I thought you were going to say it's not the same experience as an HTML page. Yeah. Like for programming, it's like the gold standard is like Google and then copy and paste my code and then run. There you go. Uh, yeah, I totally agree. Totally agree. Um, the, I mean, in this case, and real life BPM is kind of comparable. It's not totally about programming. So it's not a step-by-step -step tutorial. So you don't copy and paste that much. And then I think the advantage of having a book format it's really that you, uh, it's more convenient to read on if you have like an ebook reader or probably even on the mobile, it's kind of okay, um, or on the tablet. And then you can read it like on the couch or whatever, wherever you want to want to read. So I think that's pretty convenient, actually. And so you'll keep your code samples like online somewhere um, rather than embedding them in the book. And what will you, will, will you have like links? Um, throughout the book to go to the code samples or just like one link at the beginning that says for the code for this book, go here. That's a good question. Um, at the moment, it's like one link and um, which I basically have a website or <laughs> I don't have it yet. I have a Trello card with a lot of details okay. about the website I will have. Um, <laughs> <laughs> have you bought the domain name? Yes, I did. Uh, and now we renamed the book and I have to buy another one. So. <laughs> oh. But the title, title changed recently, so, um, but I'm pretty happy with the change and I will buy a new domain. I mean, that's not, that's not the big problem. And then the plan is to have that website um, with a couple of normal stuff, but then you will have like code examples and I will most probably have this section then pointing you to the right examples depending on where you're on the book because then it's much easier in the book to um, not reference the exact... Um, that's link, one thing that sucks to about, GitHub or whatever. Yeah. That, that's one thing that sucks about those books is you can't like flip back to page 10 and then flip back, you know, keep your finger oh, at page. Yes. I wonder when Kindle starts to have that. I have that all the time. I want to flip back. It doesn't work. Yeah. yeah. Or you're like, where was that thing? And you just hold the book there and like riffle through it, you know, like there yeah. it is. Yeah. It's and like, you... And normally you have a rough idea like where it is. Like it should be one centimeter behind the, the top page. Yes. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, there's a few things missing there. And like in in that, like again in that realm of like virtual and physical, there's now 
the whole COVID-19 thing, all these conferences have gone online. And I know you speak at a lot of conferences. And um, you had a lot of conferences that you were scheduled to speak at when this whole thing kind of kicked off. Have you spoken at any virtual online conferences? Oh, yeah, I did. Uh, so I spoke at a handful of them, including our own one. The um, We also did the Camunacon online. Um, so, they, yeah, that was an interesting experience, actually. I was at beginning of March, I was still at QCon London. I was speaking at QCon London. I think that was the last in-person conference that really happened. Um, and there yeah. it was already kind of weird because you got the wrapped up meal and you had to like sanitize your hands all the time and a lot of like restrictions already in place. But at that time it was still like people are not were not yet really aware of the of the size of the impact that is coming there. And mm. Then, I, I mean, for the next weeks, I had one or two conferences a week scheduled and all of them basically canceled or moved to online, but most of them canceled right. at the beginning.